the ball bounces off the face of a forward over the goalie's head and rolls slowly. <laughs> that is like into sensational. The net. Is there video? Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano. Stick it to him. 809 on this Monday morning, Wisconsin's Morning News. Greg Pancake Kill producing the show. Eric Bilstead, Vince Petrano taking you up until 9 o'clock this morning. Eric, we've talked before about religion and the respect that I have for people who are devoutly religious and the grounding that they have in their life, the, the compass that that provides for them and their morality and so many other things that they do. And not to belabor the point, that's not the faith journey that I'm currently on, but I'm envious of those who have that in their lives. And maybe I'll get back there at some point. I was raised Catholic and um, we don't go to church regularly, my family, right now. And I think I'd like to. I think I'd want to get back there, but for an assortment of reasons, I'm not there right now. And that's fine. I'm at peace with that okay. in my life. But I, I, I deeply respect those who are devoted to their religions. And speaking for Christianity, I won't speak for Judaism or Islam or some of the Eastern religions because I'm not as well versed in those. But I know in Christianity, a key pillar is evangelism. If you're a good Christian, you are to spread the good news, right? To share the word of the Lord and to try and encourage others to, to come on board, right? And that. And that's fine. I think that's largely positive. But there's a right way and a wrong way to go about it, and I'm going to give you two examples of the wrong way that have touched my life recently, including most recently yesterday. And I'm going to tell you this first line, and you're going to say, what does this have to do with any of that? When my 15-year-old daughter got back from the beach. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) How can this be connected to what I just talked about there? Oh, boy. So she and a bunch of her friends went to one of the local beaches. I'm not going to say which one because it doesn't matter. And she said, you know, we're out suntanning in our small group. And then there's another group of girls, looked to be about the same age, some bunch of high schoolers or whatever out there doing their suntanning on the beach. Okay. They, they didn't know the other group? Yeah, didn't know the okay. other group. And right. she said, there's this guy walking around and was just kind of hanging around and didn't really appear to be talking directly with anyone, but was talking loud enough like he wanted to be noticed like maybe was trying to start a conversation, but was sort of being ignored and didn't seem to be like openly harassing these other girls, but also didn't fit. Wasn't part of their group, was considerably older. Now, I still can't place, even after questioning my daughter, how old this guy could have been. She's like, well, he was like an old guy. Well, pff, I'm an old guy to her. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm, I'm almost 50. And I'm like, that's really old if you're 15. Right. That's yeah, some old guy like you. Like you. <laughs> I'm a lot like you. So, right. So I think probably middle age or, okay. or a little older. Sure. So, All right. Was he wearing a suit? Guy, you know what? I didn't ask that. I didn't ask what he was wearing. He just said he was around. It just kind of didn't fit. Didn't seem to be a part of any group and was around. And then was apparently getting set to leave this group of girls there. And our, now our girls are watching them very closely. Like, what's, what's going on here? And she said, then he started like dropping either leaflets or small packets, like something to read at everybody's towel. And then he kind of disappeared. Like, what is that about? But they kind of kept to themselves. And now this guy's back. And now he's kind of slinking around their area. Ah. And as he's coming back, and I give credit to these other girls, they were looking down at the group of girls that my daughter was with, and they're like, come over by us. Like, they were obviously spooked by this guy. And they're like, come over by us. Like, and I, I think that's really great. They were there looking out yep, for yep, each other. Don't yep. know each other. 
and just said, come put your towels by let's, us. Let's unify. Yeah. And I guess the guy came back around and was, again, kind of going through the same motions, trying to trying to overhear things, trying to comment loudly on things, but not really engaging with anyone. And then on his way out, dropped a bunch of, again, these leaflets, and they were like religious pamphlets, you know, word of the Lord and things like that. Sure. Had some scripture in them and whatever. And so I had two takeaways from that. One could be this guy's just a creep and he's hiding behind some sort of religious outreach to just do creepy things. Right. And so that, that would be terrible and a terrible offense to any of the religious faithful who, you know, otherwise are out there evangelizing the right way. And here's some guy just trying to, trying to creep around some teenagers at the beach and hiding behind. No, no, no I'm, I'm talking about religion. No, you're not. If it's the other, and he really thinks this is a way to reach some young people who might need religion in their lives, I got news for you. That did not work. I was going to say, that's a swing and a miss, I think. Right? Because the only thing they took away from that was stranger danger. Why is this guy talking to me? Yeah. And they felt threatened by it. Pushing so, God stuff. Right. Yeah. This guy, he's, someone I don't know complete stranger at the beach talking to girls this isn't the way if you want to truly reach those people with the word of god not the way to do it and at least have beach clothes on (laughs) yes right don't don't come out in that way so that was one story and then the other was you know my daughter um has someone that she knows at school and i don't know what they talk about or whatever they're not like good friends but they're in things together and her and I, I know I know of this girl. I know she's deeply religious, and as as is her mom. And her mom wrote my daughter a letter, addressed to her. It came to our house. It was about religious stuff. And just to your daughter, or was just this to like her. A, this wasn't a sending it to all classmates no, or like anything like that to her and specific to her. And there was nothing untoward within it. Just you know, I just, just thought sharing that was, the word uh, of the Lord. Yeah. Type of thing. And, I think no matter what you're talking about, whether it's religion or sports or politics, like if you want to talk to someone else's kids, you got to go through mom and dad first, don't you? At least until they're 18, right? Right. And you know, about whatever. And you know, my daughter was a little bit like, she's like, why, why do I have this? What is this about? And you know, we talked through it and I didn't make a big deal out of it. And I did tell her, I'm like, if you know. It's not the worst thing to have someone tell you, you know, Jesus loves you. <laughs> right. Okay, agreed. So agreed. Take it for what it is. You're free to absorb that information however you want. Boy, that's an interesting case. I don't know how I would feel about that. But I just felt like uh, like we were intruded upon. A little, I, can, I can understand that. You know, you don't know what conversations we've had in our house, what sort of religious values sure, we may right, or may not right. have. And it's really kind of not your business. And that, to me, is where the evangelism crossed the line. As I said, I, you know, I definitely feel a void in my life since my faith has lapsed. And I wish it were there. And I'm, I, for an assortment of reasons, can't get back on that track. But I, I look back fondly in many ways on the days when I was more religious as a young person. Well, but so would you have preferred that letter be sent to you? Yeah. Would, that, or, would, have, would have that spoken to you then? For sure, first. And if you have a message of outreach that you want to share with you know, my kids or whatever, got to run that by mom and dad first, right? Hey, listen, um, we'd love to see you at church or we'd love to see you whatever. Um, I'd like to share some thoughts with your kid. Well, it, it, I might even have been fine with it. There's a couple of things there. First of all, like just the idea of like the perception of those who go door to door or those who are giving you a leaflet. Generally, that perception is not good. Correct? Like, yeah, right. 
are most of us like, okay, dude, or okay, lady? Like, is that generally yeah. how that goes? Right or wrong, the perception is more of like, all right. I, I totally agree um, with that. And in that scenario, I try to be patient with those folks because I, I generally, with people, assume good intentions. Right. And if, I, like I said to my daughter, if the worst thing that happens to me today is someone says, Jesus loves right. you, like, I'm having a good day. But so that's different. Like, so you know, guy at the beach or whatever, like those people that come up to you or put something on your car, generally, I, I, that's different than writing something to your kid, I feel like. And I'm not sure why, but that actually, I, I'm more unsettled by that than I am dude who's just awkward yeah. talking and to I the think girls there at might, the beach. I think there might be more going on there, and it may not be legit religious outreach from that guy. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not suggesting that that was cool. Or right. Like, yeah, leave, no, and that, leave the and girls that actually alone. offends me on behalf of the religious, that, you know, here's someone hiding behind the Bible to, right. to do creepy stuff. Not cool, yeah. man. Meanwhile, there's all these other people at the beach that he wasn't putting <laughs> right. any attention toward. Right. Wasn't trying to talk to anybody else about that stuff. So I'm deeply suspicious of that. But right, the, the, the larger question of how do you evangelize without being offensive? How do you, you know, follow your mission, your Christian mission of trying to Tell people about that, but or where's that mission. line? Right. Yeah. yeah. I, hmm. You know, I'd no more accept that somebody writing my son a letter about politics. Hey, listen, I, I hear you might have some conservative thoughts or liberal thoughts or whatever, and I'd really like to tell you about the GOP. There, <laughs> yeah. That's the way to go, young man, or, or vice versa. Right? <laughs> yeah. Listen, you need to get off that Trump train and start doing that. Like, I'd be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, right. Send a letter to my kid about this? Although, I mean, that will, I, I'm sure there's some who have gotten that. I mean, my kid will be a voting age by the next presidential election. Oh, here we go. So I assume too. he's going to start getting stuff here pretty soon. But good luck changing my kid's mind, my 18-year-old, my soon-to-be 18-year-old. <laughs> I think she's pretty dead set in her ways. Just thought it was interesting, and I would pass that on because mm. it, it, it struck me the wrong way, and I would like for that to not because I, I do believe most people who are sharing those things are, are good intention. And I if you deeply believe that the way that someone's soul is saved is through your path, of course you'd want to share that. Sure. But there's a, there's a way to go about it So and what's way the not. best way then? If, if it's not to knock on your door or creep you at a beach or send a letter to your... That's interesting. Your, your you know, kid's classmate. Just post that awesome sermon on social or... You know, no, share. No right? one's going to see inspire, that. Sure, they would. And inspire people. I guess inspire people to come follow you. Don't intrude. I guess would be my measure. I just think that's harder than you think. That it absolutely is. No question. But there's Especially so many now, ways. I mean, look at the look at the numbers. How much they're dwindling. We we we've seen less and less people go to the church, yourself included. We've heard that across the board on other religions as well. Yeah, and I think you know maybe more TikToks. Well, yeah. I mean, t look, if TikTok can influence your kid to do terrible things to him or herself, could it not also t introduce your kid to a, a different line of thinking or a, a religion or something they haven't thought about? I would hope so. Like, boy, I sure hope the the, the good could at least equally combat the bad. But on again, there. same kind of deal, though. Wouldn't you kind of little be? Wouldn't that be a little off putting? I guess, but it's your choice there then to follow that message. Yeah. It's your choice. It'd be different than a DM. Like, don't DM my kids, right? But if you're just out there and they're consuming this content and it leads you to an inspiring place, that yeah. would be my preference about how you go about your mission. 820 on Wisconsin's Morning News.
824 on Wisconsin's Morning News. 855-616-1620 is the Old National Bank talk and text line. Old National Bank, get old. If folks want to just weigh in on the stories that I shared, again, I said I'm at a, at a difficult point in my personal faith journey and could probably use some more religion in my life. I'm not there yet personally, but I'm deeply respectful of the people who are devout in their faith and want to share that. But there's a wrong way to go about it. And I just had a couple of encounters with my kids lately where, I, it, honestly, if, you're, if your goal was to to really get the word through to them, oh for 2 on the chosen paths. And One was more, a, And more negative than a positive. Yeah, right. They, they had a negative experience with that interaction, and it, it didn't help the cause one way or another. Right way and a wrong way about going about your evangelism. What were you? What were they again? You had uh, a guy on the beach bugging your daughter who was sunbathing. Bunch of teenage girls, right, and a middle-aged guy on the beach dropping off leaflets and such, and they're like, uh, don't know about all this, but you're freaking us out. And then you had mm-hmm. a, a classmate of your daughter send the mom, right, send, send your daughter letter. a specific letter. Yeah, which was which was odd. And my point See, there too is, if you want to more. talk to somebody else's kids, you got to talk to mom and dad. Yeah, first. that that right. hmm. uh, from the nine two zero on the old National Bank talk and text line eight five five six one six one six twenty. At our church, we are always told you have to go where people are. Religion of any kind is the biggest gift you can give your children. Uh, let me go to the phones. Uh, Bill's on the line with us on the old National Bank talk and text line. Morning, Bill. Morning, gentlemen. Yeah, being a person of faith, uh, I would uh, say that uh, those two examples you gave are certainly something that I would never do, uh, and I think it ha- it does have a negative effect. But that being said, I always kind of perceive evangelism um, that people, different people are reached in different ways, no matter what you're talking about. If you're talking about buying a car, somebody might just want, you know, the information on the car and go make a decision on themselves, like a pamphlet. Some people might want to sit there and talk to the salesman for hours. You know, uh, you're in the grocery store. Some people are enticed by uh, a special sale, and some people look at that special sale and say, well, that food's probably about to go out of date. You know, so different people are reached in different ways, and you have to admit those two negative examples that you're talking about have you talking about faith. Yeah, fair enough. So there is some effect here. But is that... That's a great point. I love that thinking. But at the same time, is that like any press is good press? I mean, would you want? <laughs> right, and I mean, that's with yeah, respect, yeah, right. though. Like, do you, uh, yeah, you're right. Talking about faith when she, when his daughter came home, but at the same time, it's because of a guy who creeped her out. Yeah, I, you know, that's a hard question to answer. And like I say, I would never do it that way. Um, and uh, and I don't think that that guy on the beach probably was. Uh, doing the right thing, um, but, uh, you know, I, I can't talk for other people. Right. Uh, appreciate it, Bill. Yeah, and he, and he raises a good point. Like, uh, uh, this is why I didn't I – t- I tried to talk both my kids off the ledge, like, in terms of them being offended by or whatever. I'm like, look, nothing wrong with someone telling you, here's here's the way of the Lord. Sure. Right? And maybe you buy into that, maybe you don't, but, you know, don't, don't be offended by that in and of itself. Well, okay, well, what if right. it was for a different religion? What yeah. if it was for, hey, you should try Judaism, right? or hey, Islam, what do sure. you think? I, again, if you're, if you're preaching a message of peace, and this is the way that I've found peace, and I, I see this for you, okay, share that message as long as you're not aggressive in it. You know, I think that's world could use a little bit more of that, right? Here's one from the 262. Another issue that this person has with the letter is the unwritten message that your parents are neglecting your religious <laughs> engagement. So right. it's kind of a subtle shot on you. Right. That- and, and I'll own that. My, you know, my wife and I have... Uh, Look, I was raised Catholic. My wife was uh, or is Lutheran, 
And our children were baptized Episcopalian, so uh, Church of England, because for both of us, you know, for my wife to fully have participated in Catholic Mass, she would have needed to convert. And in Catholicism, like if you're, Eric, if you went to church with me as a Lutheran, like you would not be allowed to come up and get communion because you haven't gone through that sacrament as a Catholic. And so those those are the rules of the faith. Fine. On my wife's side, you know, me being raised Catholic, and you'll find this funny, when I would go to Lutheran church with her, like... Felt like we were playing church. Hey, come on in. <laughs> Everybody's happy. Everybody's yes. joyful. Let's sing verses one through seven. <laughs> I'm like, man, so much singing, you people. Catholic Mass, we go one and seven, not one through seven. All right? And how come we're not on our knees here begging for some forgiveness? Everybody was happy. It's just like it didn't do it for me. So we, we kind of met in the middle where there That's was, a, in Episcopalian faith, there's a little bit more of a kind of traditional Catholic-type service. But uh, the churches that we went to were open to people of other faiths, so everyone was was welcome at communion. And we really did find a nice home there. I have no objections to it. Sure. We just didn't remain committed to it. See, again, and this, I, I, this has a religious aspect to it, but I see it more of the... I don't see it as having to do with Christianity as much as it has to do, or, or religion at all, or faith as much as it has to do with whether or not these are the best ways to go and promote. Yeah, right, right. And one of them, I I would say there was a swing and a miss on the beach for obvious reasons. Guy was kind of making a bunch of yeah. teenagers And may not even have been about that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he might have just been trying to say hello. Um, and not in a good way, <laughs> right. I mean. I know. But the other, <laughs> the other one, the, the sending the letter... That that one that's very that's personal. That's yeah. a deeply personal thing to do to send a letter to your kid's classmate. I don't know. Eight twenty nine on Wisconsin's morning news. Eight thirty two on Wisconsin's morning news. We'll close on this from uh, Scott on the Old National Bank talk and text line. One thing is for certain: never allow the fallible man on earth to knock you from your infallible pillars of faith. And second, you've never lost your faith. You're just on a journey of faith, which takes you on and off the path. <laughs> you had some other kind words to say. I do appreciate that, Scott. But what if you're a snake handler? And I mean this seriously. What if you're some obscure religion and you're going from person to person at the beach or sending that letter? Was the snake with you? or? Well, I did. <laughs> but seriously, though, yeah, right? right. Um, here's one uh, on the old National Bank talking text line. Man I knew has religious signs on his house. And he approaches strangers in random places. I think he's creepy. He talked to a friend of mine at the gym. I would have ran the other way. My friend thought it was great, and the meeting brought him back to the church. So to each their own? Indeed. And then here's one from the 262. No, 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 no. If someone wants religion, they will seek it out themselves. Remember the higher Krishners at the airport. I don't want it. Yeah, sometimes it can definitely be a turnoff. Either way, as I said to my kids, if somebody, you know... Somebody says Jesus loves you or something of that nature. There's nothing to be offended about about that whatsoever in in the manner in which it was intended. Maybe the way it was delivered. And I guess that was my point today. A couple of things I want to get to quickly here on the national and international stage. First, uh, the story uh, about the F-16s who had to intercept a private jet, or I guess what you'd call a corporate jet, that ultimately was doomed. I was going to play that sound I had of the sonic booms, but it didn't come through real real well, so I, I won't bother. 
But uh, the D.C. area was shaken Sunday afternoon by a couple of sonic booms as F-16 fighter jets were scrambled to intercept a private plane that was off course and sort of wandering into that D.C. airspace where they couldn't raise the pilot and there began to be, get concern about, you know, is this a 9-11 type thing, right? So they scramble these F-16 fighters and a sonic boom happens when any aircraft or I guess anything reaches supersonic speed. So the speed of sound, and once it crosses that barrier, you hear a thump, and it's a deep thud. And I, I don't think I've ever heard one. You? No. Right? I mean, never been? I suppose if you uh, if you had a rocket launch or something like that. Could be something like that. Or um, even upon landing, shuttle landing? Yes. Shuttle will come back inside and go yeah. now slower than the speed of sound. And then you'll hear that sonic boom again. You don't hear it at an air show, and this is why it's significant. If you've gone to the air and water show downtown here on the lakefront mm -hmm. or you know, up at EAA, you're not going to hear that because they're flat and not allowed to do it unless they have to. Not allowed to be traveling fast in the speed of sound unless you are cleared to do so. And that would be a very specific type of military training or in an emergency situation. You flew with the Thunderbirds. I flew with the Blue Angels. Yeah. As soon as we got up there, I'm like, hey, man, let's go. Mach 1. <laughs> <laughs> let's go. Wanna go I want to go faster than the speed of sound. Yeah. He's like, sorry, pal. We'll go sorry, right up to buddy. the edge. Like Mach 0.97. And your guy, too. Like, yep, didn't do it. Can't do it. Even out over Lake Michigan. So all of a sudden, you hear these sonic booms over the D.C. metro, and people were freaked out about it. And it was these fighter jets that had been scrambled to intercept uh, what is, I guess, you... Probably the best way to describe it would be a corporate jet. It's a twin-engine, real fancy Cessna that has a number of different seats, and it's mm -hmm, used mm -hmm. you know, for company executives, people like that, or a company like Wheels Up that provides that sort of Cadillac service to a small number of people. Uh, let me get you an update on that from ABC's Andrew Dimbert. The sound was caused by two D.C. Air National Guard F-16s that were scrambled from Maryland after a Cessna business jet entered restricted airspace over the nation's capital. Around 3 p.m., those F-16s going supersonic to catch up with the Cessna, creating a sonic boom heard in D.C. and surrounding areas. The Capitol and White House were both briefly placed on high alert. Yeah, just because the jet was supposed to be on its way, as he said, to New York, and then all of a sudden did like a U-turn and was on its way back toward Washington, and that freaked people out. I mean, it was a dramatic U-turn. I mean, yeah. it was 180. Yep. We're going this way, and now we're going that so way. So if you were to go unconscious, maybe you fall on, this, on the steering wheel or Could something. Could be. And that seems to be the operating idea right here. If this uh, sounds similar to you, many years ago, the professional golfer Payne Stewart was killed in a mm -hmm. crash much like this on a private jet where the pilot couldn't be raised, couldn't communicate with the pilot, and was intercepted by fighter jets. And what they discovered was it was a hypoxic situation. So when you fly commercial... You're in a big plane. Now, if you're just on one of these small Cessnas that people tool around in, that's not a pressurized cabin. But your cabin on a commercial jetliner is pressurized because when you go so high up in the air, you need that. Yep. And if that fails, it can cause hypoxia. And they think that's what happened here. So basically, you lose consciousness. You're out. And you cannot regain consciousness because of the depletion of oxygen. Now, eventually, you can die from that. And perhaps... Uh, the folks who are on board this jet may already have been, may already have passed. Yep, yep. Tragically, it's four people. The uh, man who runs the Florida-based company that owns the jet told the Washington Post his daughter, two-year-old granddaughter, and her nanny, as well as the pilot, were on the flight. So they were intercepted uh, by those F-16s. And I, one other thing I wanted to mention, Eric, too, was you have a couple of 
Air National Guardsmen or women who are scrambled, you get in the F-16 and you know what your mission is to intercept this private plane, and there's virtually no way this ends well. And no. I just put myself in those pilot's shoes of what that must have been like. I mean, okay, you've got a jet that's off course that maybe has nefarious actions in mind, and you may have to intercept a civilian aircraft right. and do something terrible, or... It's this situation. And you're going to watch it go down. And you're going to watch it go down. And either way, that's terrible. Yeah. Not a great day for those Air National Guard pilots. But uh, that's where we're leaving the story right now for dead, including uh, that two-year-old little girl. So, the, other thing, the thing that caught my eye this morning is we get another one of these close encounters with the Chinese military. Right. What if it was a, uh, if it wasn't domestic? The U.S. military now out with some video of what it calls an unsafe Chinese maneuver in the Taiwan Strait over the weekend. A Chinese vessel cut sharply across the path of an American destroyer. So the boat just, we, we've seen the video of it. It's close. I mean, it cuts right in front of him, forcing the U.S. vessel to slow down to avoid a collision. It occurred Saturday. The Defense Secretary, Lloyd Austin, was in Singapore at the time along with the Chinese defense minister. Now, the U.S. had asked for a formal meeting. The Chinese refused. The U.S. has voiced concerns that these incidents raise the risk of a possible accident and escalation between the two countries. The Chinese are basically saying, look, you shouldn't even be in these waters anyway. Mind your own business. You're the reason why there's any provocation at all. ABC's Ian Pinnell. U.S. Defense Secretary Austin saying that we don't seek any conflict or confrontation, but nor do we flinch or move away from bullying. The Chinese, however, telling the U.S. to mind its own business, warning any severe confrontation between the U.S. and China would be a, quote, unbearable disaster for the world. I, I, that's the part. Is like what it all takes is a little bit of human error, right? Yeah. And you got two boats colliding with each other. They talked about that, that the near miss of the aircraft there as well. You know, like, okay, maybe you're just going up there to, to harass and tease and see what comes of it. But, right, somebody makes a mistake that close range, and now you have an, a true international incident. That situation with the aircraft, that was from last week. And you may recall in that case, like, the, the American plane ended up going through a jet wash, right? Yeah. Like, so the, that, you could see the pilot cockpit area shaking after that Chinese plane flew in front of it. I just don't get China's play here. We've talked about this. Like, how could they view, you know, being provocative is one thing, but what if this does escalate? And how could China view that as a positive for them? I know, you know, like, don't text. I know they're poking at us. I know they're testing us. But, like, yeah. to what end, if we end up in a military conflict with, chi conflict with China, does that help China? Right. Long term. I mean, money-wise, how is that helping? Right. Who's going to buy all your stuff? Like, we're the primary market for all your stuff. And we've worked, especially under the previous administration, to try to have less of that reliance on Chinese goods. But, you know, we're certainly far from that. Well, and that's what's interesting about this is that this comes at a time when the White House has been trying to thaw relations. The White House has been reaching out saying like, hey, you know, we know it's been frosty for a bit here. I'd like to figure out a way that we can start kind of communicating and working together on some things. And then for this to happen, hmm. Well, the secretary's there, right? <laughs> yeah. Secretary Austin is there. Oh, wow. Imagine when he hears about that. He's, they're at lunch with his guy. Having, <laughs> mm, yeah, you know, doing their handshakes and their pictures. And they're like, ah, oh, yeah, Mr. Secretary, you should probably know about that. Hey, what Come the hell, man? man? I just bought hey. the first round. That's, that's right. Thanks. Thanks a lot. 847, Wisconsin's Morning News. Eight fifty one on Wisconsin's morning news. 
Bus Rapid Transit, it is operational. I'm like, I'm charging my car right now. Oh, yeah, go, go. oh, it's a charging station in here. Yeah, under all the seats. Yeah. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. I did not know that. Yes, WTMJ's Jason Smith, whom we sent out on assignment. Actually, that's exactly how it worked, Eric. I'm like, dude, BRT launches this weekend. You need to get on that bus. He's like, I can do that. Absolutely. (laughs) So he was out there for the bus rapid transit, which is kind of a soft launch because they've got a big to-do today. The Magic Bus has now been launched. The big to-do is at 10 o'clock this morning. Federal, state, local officials all on hand to cut the ribbon. So soft launch yesterday, officially going today. And so we had Jason in the studio this morning, asked him about the bus. He said, you know, it's a really nice bus. That's what he said. He said the bus was nice. Yeah. So no Spacious, he said it was quiet. Yes. Or more quiet when you use the battery-powered one. Yes. Now, why do I keep making fun of it? What's your problem with the Magic Bus? Which I would be entirely happy if it does succeed. If it's a raging success, I'm rooting for that. My issue as a skeptic has always been, number one, you took out lanes from an already busy corridor. Wisconsin Avenue, Blue Mound Road now have bus-only lanes that will largely be empty, but for those few moments when the bus goes Flying on through. Jason Two. did say he saw some cars driving in the bus lane <laughs> yesterday. People are still going to be figuring that out. Right. You've got a startup cost of $55 million without really a whole lot of idea how we're going to pay for it. MCTS is facing serious issues into 2025 where they may be looking at having to make cuts that affect some 50% of its routes. And we're adding a new bus at great cost to, to run. So that's another issue I have with it. But mostly it's about the outlandish promises that officials have made, that thousands and thousands and thousands of people are going to be so enamored mm-hmm. of the bus mm-hmm. that they'll give up their cars and start riding the bus. I don't see that happening. I hope it does. You, Why do you always look at me like that? Do you think Do you think it's going to happen like that? I Well, I don't know. I, I, I have no idea. I just, I'm, I'm trying to be optimistic that this is a, it's, and, and I also do firmly believe that less and less people want to drive. I do think there is a... The younger generation is interested in moving around in different ways. Is it going to work? I have no idea. I I do not know. I'll give you that a little bit. I just, you know. Especially because they got the charging station. Especially (laughs) because of that. So 10 o'clock launch today, and I hope you like it because they're already planning one for 27th Street, whether it works or not. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. So one of the big sports stories of the year, regardless of how the NBA Finals turn out, is going to be the Miami Heat, who was on nobody's radar. When they played the Bucks, it was like, oh, good, we got the Heat. They're terrible. The Bucks, the best team in the National Basketball Association Man. for the regular season get beat by the Heat in round one, and now they're in the finals. But they always say it's not about the regular season. When you get into the playoffs, anything can happen. Different world. And yet another very important story from the world of sports in 13-year-old soccer, exactly that happened. Eric's daughter's heretofore winless team. This is incredible. Tell the story. So my my kid plays like, it's like year-long soccer, I guess. It's in the fall, and then in the spring they finish. So same team for both seasons. And they're not, it's like 11 and 12-year-old or whatever. But they hadn't won all spring. Not a terrible team, but they just hadn't won all spring. Zero wins. But there's always this big tournament. At the end of the season, and it was this past weekend, Bob Bus Tournament or whatever it's called. It's very exciting. There's a lot of drama and whatnot. And they won the first game 2 nothing. They won the second game 2-1. to one. So 
they're in the championship game yesterday, and it goes into the second half of the overtime. So it's like a double overtime situation. And the game is won when the goalie went to clear a ball. So she kicked it as hard as she could. She didn't she didn't have time to get her hands on it. So she just cleared it with her foot. The ball <laughs> bounces off the face of a forward over the goalie's head and rolls slowly. <laughs> that is like sensational. Is there video Goal! of this? I, I could not stop laughing. It was the most amazing thing. And I don't know if that forward even knows what planet she's on now. She was kind of stumbled yeah. around after she scored the goal. At hey, she's disfigured, face. but your kid won. <laughs> yes, it was <laughs> she amazing. She's, o- no, oh, she's she, okay. She's doing good. <laughs> I saw text. her get her trophy. She's doing good. That's but Ted Lasso-esque. Totally something you'd see out of Ted Lasso. Yeah, nice. Well, that's a big win. Yeah. It was pretty- <laughs> so they still have their on cloud nine. I, well, I don't know. I haven't seen my daughter yet this morning. I'm sure she's thinking about it. Maybe. <laughs> How about that? Right. Goal! I got a quick question to kind of run into my show. So is that a wedding Saturday? Like, I only wear my wedding ring when I go to weddings and on my anniversary date. It's the only time I ever wear it. So if you'd see my hand, I'm showing my hand. Okay. I never... There's no ring tan or any of that just stuff. Trying, trying to stay available there? Just in no. Case. See, that's why, what everybody says. Why at weddings? No. Why do you put it on at a wedding? Because I think it's a special moment. For me, it's a special occasion. So I asked the question. I'm going to ask the question today. What's your tradition? So I, I did a show poll on it. Right now, about 64% wear it all the time. Uh, that spe- low. Spe- yeah, that low. Occasions, not at all. It's like 20%. Hmm. So those are those are the players. <laughs> so I, I didn't even know, to be perfectly honest, I didn't even know that guys wore wedding rings until I think my oldest brother got married. Because I just, my dad has never worn one. It's really? actually, it's actually yeah. less even popular now one. than it used to be. Like a lot of newlyweds, they're not doing that. They're doing other things. Yeah. So that's what we're going to talk about. I'm curious. I was at a wedding, uh, Courtney and uh, Kevin. Gorgeous wedding. It was 90 degrees outside wedding. <laughs> Figure it out. Woof. <laughs> Had to think I, you were okay. I'm wearing June, all right? black. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> Nine o'clock. Steve Scafidi is next on WTMJ.